Red, Defenders Nation, the black and gold faithful and supporters of the 2022, and I still don't think this is real, MLS Cup champion, Los Angeles Football Club. You are listening to the most LAFC podcast on earth, and hopefully by now you know my voice. I am the scarf, J. R. Liebert sitting directly across from my partner in pod here in world famous Philomonster Studios in Burbank, California. The Gypsy Prince himself. I think he actually once referred to himself as the Pink Flamingo, too. I'm going to let him get into that. Christian Philly Philemon, everybody. Hello. My lung capacity is a lot better than I thought it is. Los Angeles, hello to the rest of the world. Hello to all fans of Major League Soccer and the black and gold. And more importantly, hello to the millions. And millions. Of Defenders of the Bank listeners. Uh, Scarf, it is pink-haired flamingo. Pink-haired flamingo Philly. The enunciations are what makes the nickname Apropro brother. Holy hell, you said you couldn't believe what we're what we're we're doing yes, what we're sir. living in hashtag pinch me moments this is the biggest pinch me moment of our entire podcasting lives doing defenders of the bank i cannot believe what we just witnessed every single emotion from joy to jubilation of frustration to anger to ecstasy to sorrow to you name it the most bipolar match in our club's history <laughs> we witnessed it we survived it we conquered it and there is no Drug better than the drug and the feeling of winning a major league soccer trophy and sticking it to all those haters in the rest of the world and major league soccer. I've got all your receipts, you sons of guns, and I'm going to exploit and blast all of you. Scarf. Yes, sir. I am so freaking pumped. We're about what? Couldn't tell. Two and a half hours away from that celebration on Christmas tree lane near Bank of California Stadium. Yes, sir. In the home of the black and gold in the city of champions. Wow, I'm surprised I managed to muster up any kind of a voice because my voice box and my esophagus all obliterated by screaming, yelling, and of course, well, libations. Yeah, I look, no matter how long you have followed, supported this club, last night, it just the, the emotions ran the gamut, as you mentioned, and absolutely unreal. If you were a Hollywood script writer attending that match, you have been given ideas for how to write your perfect Hollywood ending from that. That was the most incredible sporting experience I have ever attended live. Not only is it the club that we love and support more than anything in the world winning their first championship, but every bit of drama that went into that match, I mean, you had number one versus number one, Philadelphia Union, an incredible soccer club. They have nothing to hang their heads about. All due respect in the world to that team from Philadelphia. It was exactly as I thought it would go, the 15-round, and actually, I thought it was only going to be a 12-round heavyweight fight, but no, this was one of those back-in-the-day championship fights where they extended it three more rounds, a 15-round heavyweight championship fight, despite only giving up 26 goals 
in the regular season exactly what I thought we would do in terms of offense. Philly, before the match, so many different things going on. Of course, we would not have our tailgate at Christmas Tree Lane. Thank you to the University of Southern California's Trojans for that. Wait, here. Yep, there it is. We would not have our pre-match Ollie flight that we are so used to. Now, I'm not going to lie. Philly, you mentioned this too. The uh, the overhead shot on the PKs using that wire cam. Oh, it's pretty darn that, good. That was pretty cool. Granted, I would have much rather not had that shot and had Ollie. We had so many different reasons, so many different things, so many different omens that could have Philly pointed us in a direction other than the championship. But all LAFC did was say, hold my beverage. So for those of you who are not members of LAFC or fans of the black and gold, I want to make sure that I clear something up for you because it might confuse the ever-believing bejesus out of you. Yes. My nickname is Philly. Why? But not because I am from the city of brotherly love. I'm from Queens, New York. But they call me Philly because my last name is Philemon. So when Scars refers to Philly... Chances are he's either talking to me and not about the team. Maybe yeah. we should just refer I'll to them as the union yeah, from I'll here try. on. I'll, just I'll to try. not confuse. Uh, well, in this case, if they're not members of the black and gold, they're not part of the millions. And millions. They're probably part of the thousands and. Thousands? Or tens and. Tens. Exactly. So that's the story. Folks. And, and so real quick, just to yes. clear it up. When we talk about Philly as in the human who is sitting four and a half feet from the me right now. The pink-haired flamingo yeah. phenomenon himself. Oh boy, it's getting longer, the nickname. Uh, Philly, <laughs> That's what she said. F-I-L-L-Y. The team is Philly, P-H-I-L-L-Y. But you you do have a... a let's, uh, look, let's, I, Jesus, you, let's, you, we're not talking <laughs> about this. We're, we're not talking about this. You do we have all a, have bad tattoos. You do have a tattoo. Well, some, on a your, lot of us have bad tattoos. Yeah, and your arm is spelled how? All right, so I, I might just, have enjoyed yeah. um, extracurricular activities that revolved cracking open a certain other kind of a Philly. Uh, and we'll just leave it at that. Shout out 42 Originals. So the tattoo on your arm is not spelled F-I-L-L-Y? Well, it was sort of a... It, let's just be honest. All right. This is not the so, point of the conversation. Uh, speaking of things that are spelled right, F-L-E-X. That's how you spell flex. Uh, that was the worst segue I've no, ever No, no, it was actually quite good. Was it? I apologize I did to have all something of you. I wanted to say prior, but you know what? We got to get... Oh, we we got we to gotta, we gotta keep the lights on in Phil Monster Studios right. so our partners, our sponsors, our beloved friends over at Flex Power Tools have to get a shout out. And bro, you, you do the shout out better than I possibly could. No worries. We want to thank our good friends over at Flex Power Tools. Flex... Not only is that what you see on the front of all of the kits that LAFC was wearing that have that beautiful star over the top of it now, but they are also the official podcast sponsor of Defenders of the Bank. We would like to thank our amazing friends at Flex, and so many of them were there last night to see that match, or I guess yesterday, right? It wasn't last night. Yesterday <laughs> to see that match again. A huge thank you to everybody involved at Flex and FlexPowerTools.com. Big thank you to Joe and to Shane and to Taylor and to Katie and to Brady and to Vince and to every Rego, everybody involved. Love y'all. With Flex Power Tools. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Looking forward to a long-term relationship with all of you, by the way, Absolutely. As well. Head on over to FlexPowerTools.com for all your power tool needs. And I'll say this for the last time, I guess, officially in the 2022 MLS Cup season, don't forget, you get a lifetime warranty on all your tools. If you're looking, maybe you placed a bet 
on LAFC to win the championship. And now that you've got a little bit of extra money, you're looking for power tools, head on over to flexpowertools.com. You get a lifetime warranty on every piece and part that is in that box that you get from Flex Power Tools. So please head on over there. And we just want to remind everybody today seems like a perfectly wonderful day to wake up and to donate to the fundraising effort to the Mo Fascio Futsal Court in Southeast Los Angeles. Again, LAFC, the LAFC Foundation and the 3252 have been raising money all season to get this futsal court in Southeast Los Angeles built in Mo's honor. The link to donate is in our bio. So here's what I'm going to say. If you're going to purchase a championship t-shirt, if you're going to purchase a championship scarf, or as I did, a pair of championship shot glasses on MLSsoccer.com or at LAFCHQ, put $5 aside and head on over to our page. Hit the link to donate and donate that $5 if you can to help build the Mauricio Facio futsal court. Philly, you said you had a couple things that you wanted to say, though, as we were doing our, uh, our our banter. Yeah, so we're recording this on November the 6th, and Correct. I obviously wanted to allude to November 5th. Remember, remember, the 5th of November. Back back in the day, it was a nursery rhyme that dealt with the gunpowder plot, which took place on this day in 1605 when Guy Fox. and there's a reason why I'm bringing this up, I am calling out our good friend, Ultra Gringo, Jonathan Reimer, for not wearing that Guy Fox mask anymore. Well, he doesn't do it anymore, and he has a very good reason why. Well, I, that's funny. I, I do a broadcast with him, and I don't know. But anyway, just, just to finish this off, the gunpowder plot, when Guy Fox and his co-conspirators attempted... And failed to blow up the House of Parliament. And every year, the 5th of November is Guy Fawkes Night or some kind of bonfire to commemorate this. We will, and this will be me, how you promised Brian's song for all of like two and a half years. I am going to write, I'm just kidding, it was a great song by the way. I am going to write my own Remember, Remember, the 5th of November story and poem about LAFC. And I will publish it. At some point, early, early, early during this offseason. So I like re- it. remember, remember, the 5th of November will be a popular poem recited within all members of the black and gold from now until death do us part. So that's exciting. Scarf. Right. Yes. It was a week long of fun festivities and activities. And you know what? We can look to the uh, to the media days for omens. And I have to bring out how funny it was a few days ago when Kellen Acosta (laughs) was asked by a journalist here in Los Angeles how it felt, how excited he was. I'm not going to quote it exactly, but, you know, to be a part of the union and for all the excitement going on within Philly sports. To play for a Philly team in this sports season where Philly is undefeated in in football and Philly is playing in the World Series and Philly is playing in the MLS Cup. Yeah, the, the, the Astros uh, took care of one of those things. Yeah. And we took care of another one of those I things. I hate the Astros, but still, I, I really hate the do. Phillies more. No, see, I, I'm on the other way around. But I know we're both Philly and our die, or Christian Philly Philemon, this person sitting to Just my call left. me, all right, you know what? If, no, 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 this is what it's going to be. If you're going to refer to the union and, and to that place as Philly, just call me Flamingo. I'll take that for the rest of the pod. I will not do that. Why? Because, so, uh, <laughs> not, Philly and I are both New York Mets fans, uh, he has more hatred for the Philadelphia Phillies. They I just choose to focus me. mine on Chase Utley rather than the entire team. He's a disgusting am, human being. I'm not a fan of Bryce Harper either. Uh, I was actually, if there was any player on the Astros, I was rooting for Trey Mancini because, you know, cancer survivor. He's a he's a good dude. Uh, but unfortunately, the Astros won, uh, knocking the Philadelphia Phillies 
out of the World Series. And of course, we know how the union went. But yeah, it would have made sense. Christian Philly Philemon had they made that mistake with our backup goalkeeper, John McCarthy, more on him a whole lot in a little bit, but not with Kellen Acosta. I, I think it's comical. All right, look, sometimes you got some sports journalists that are given a beat, which they don't necessarily want to work on, but it's something that they need to be assigned to, to in order to work their way up the ranks. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. We'll give that journalist the benefit of the doubt. However, eh. I haven't said that in a while. However, Kellen Acosta's <laughs> nameplate and team logo was directly in front of him. So correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're a journalist, yes. I would assume that at the very least, the skill you need to have is the ability to read, right? <laughs> yes. I, mean, I don't one, think I'm asking think, for too much there. One would think you would be able to read the name placard in front of the player. Okay, so that's that's a fair assumption. I'm not being a Correct. jerk about this. I'm not going out on a limb. No. I'm not giving you a hot take. You're Fine. Good. The only other interpretation that I have in regards to this is the fact that this guy was looking to do this on purpose. Because I'll tell you, he sounded far too confident, and then he doubled down. And yeah. then at the end yeah. of the game there was uh if you don't listen to uh the call-up mls the call-up with jillian sakovitz and Susanna collins good friends of nina and panda the angel city chicks uh kellen kellen basically was just like well i could have gone a couple of ways with this like i i asked again because i thought i was hearing things incorrectly and he's just like i could have like pretty much bashed the guy but i decided to like go 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 with it so i don't know maybe this is a guy that was looking for uh for tweets and for all that other kind of stuff. And maybe that's the other take. No, uh, Philly, you and I are in agreement. Flamingo. On this one. Not going to do it. Uh, I actually, I think it was probably on purpose, to be honest, because whatever, uh, look, I don't, I don't care about this journalist. I haven't looked into whatever publication that he is a part of, but I'll tell you this, the entire MLS cup press conference. I knew about one question and one quote from the entire thing. Not a whole lot from Steve Trundolo, Carlos Vela, Gareth Bale, Jim Curtin, anybody from Philadelphia, all we heard and all the news cycle ad around the world was this guy asking that question to Kellen Acosta. So yeah, you know what? Any publicity is good publicity for a lot of these publications out there. So there you go. So we uh, need we need to uh, to be to act the dumb in order to get further in life. Nah, is that what you're not going to do it, man. I mean, I don't know. I, I I read about a girl who's making ten grand a month playing with slime on YouTube. Maybe we are doing this all wrong. I mean, look, I'll play with slime, but I'm not going to act dumb. Um, didn't, I, and a, didn't a girl get paid a boatload of money for bottling her farts and selling them? I'm telling you, we need really, to be the dumb. I was hoping you wouldn't bring up that story, but yes, that is unfortunately true. Uh, one quick shout out I want to give: Happy birthday to one of our good friends and the head of the Relentless Supporters Group. That would be Ben Skolnick. Ben, born on November 6th. Happy birthday. He has been our tailgate partner. Um, he is an incredible supporter of the Angel City Chicks as well, helping to found Relentless Ladies. He is the usually the the tattooed, no sleeves. He's the big drummer right there in the middle of the drum circle, especially for ACFC and always as much as he can be for LAFC as well. And one of, and I'll say this because I absolutely mean it, one of the nicest people you will ever meet. <laughs> I, I, won't give you I won't give you crap about that. Happy birthday, Love you, ben. ben. We love you, man. All right, Philly. 
I've got one little bit of news and notes here, and that's congratulations to a member of the Philadelphia Union. The only award that had not yet been announced was that of Humanitarian of the Year that goes to the, uh, unfortunately, the injured party for the Philadelphia Union, one of Alejandro Bedoya. Alejandro Bedoya is a well-known activist in Major League Soccer, and honestly, Humanitarian of the Year is, is an award that probably suits him. He, uh, he doesn't say very many nice things during soccer matches, but after that, he is an incredible incredibly uh, well-respected activist in his own right. So congratulations. And it meant that you had the goalkeeper of the year. You had the coach of the year. You had the defender and runner-up for defender of the year. And you had the humanitarian of the year, in addition to what, four of the best 11 in Major League Soccer, all lining up on the opposite side of LAFC. The Philadelphia Union are blessed with many, many talented players, all of whom did not win an MLS Cup in 2022. Let's not forget about the fact that he also won the 2022 Woodwork Award of the Year. What? For his performance what? in the finals by collecting enough splinters sitting on the bench. A lot of woodwork, ah. a lot of pines, a ah. lot of trees went into Alejandro Bedoya's performance against LAFC this past Sunday ah. or Saturday because today is Sunday. Ah. All right, that was my lame <laughs> attempted humor. You tried. I tried to reach I... for something. All right, hold on. I got to give myself a womp womp. Yep, there it is. Yeah. Thank Every you. once in a while, I, I'll, I'll do. A, I'll, I'll hit a doozy. I would like to say those seats. That sounded so much down, better in my head. <laughs> one seat, those seats down at pitch side there, they are actually very, very comfortable. I got to walk through and sit down in them one or two times. That was fun. So, no. No splinters involved there. Um, I did have bird poop on my seat to start the game. Hey, anyway. that, that, one, that must my, have been good luck, right? My, yes, that's what my mother always said. She, my mother, a superstitious woman, a lovely, lovely right? woman. When a bird poops on your windshield, she always considered it good luck. Right. To me, I considered it a bird pooping on my windshield. <laughs> and and that wasn't about it. But you know what? If we're, if we're, if we're grasping for straws here, that yeah. could have been a good a sign of good things Absolutely. to come. Absolutely. I have one other good omen that I thought about, too. You guys will appreciate this out in Defenders Nation. The porta potty that I ran to <laughs> while we were. What? <laughs> yep. The porta potty that I ran oh, to. Oh, I get it. What you're doing is dupe slash poop jokes. No, no, no. I'm setting up what I thought was a good omen leading into the match. All Look, right, I'll shut up. We were able to tailgate right next to the future home of the Lucas Narrative Museum of the Arts, uh, the park that was right out on the corner, basically, of what is that, like Exposition and, and Bill Robertson, or I, I don't even know. I don't know the address. But uh, we were able to tailgate. We were walking in, and there were plenty of porta potties at the tailgate. Had I been smart enough to use them before we started the walk, but no, we were doing the walk. And right before we got around to the California Science Center, dude, I, I had to pee so bad. And there was a porta potty in a set up USC tailgate area. I didn't have to jump any fence or anything. I just walked right through the tailgate area, used the porta potty, and the porta potty. There was a number on the toilet. It was uh, 320A. And 320 just happens to be the scarf's birthday. So I thought, see, it was destined as wow. part of our journey to the cup that I would use this porta potty on our walk to the bank so that we, it's, it's my small way, my small way of contributing to help win MLS Cup. So, <laughs> yep. I mean, wow, that's yep. the only thing I could say for that. I, I've made There's, Philly speechless. I, I win. No, you did. There's one thing that I've learned in my countless times running marathons, half marathons, 10Ks, 5Ks, you name it, that in porter potties, if there's ever a lesson that I learned, Scarf, is that life is too short to use cheap toilet paper. Oh, there's nothing worse than having the runs and using porter potty 
Uh, porter potty toilet paper. Wow, yeah. that, that that's one of those like things that you say quick to Peter, proper, right? <laughs> right? Porter potty toilet paper. Porter, porter potty toilet paper. Say that ten times fast. <laughs> um, yes, but life is too short. To Reminds use me of those like those forties and fifties radio ads. Hey there, kids, trying to porter potty toilet paper. That was my. I don't know. That was, <laughs> Philly that's... Mays Hayes here with your oh, porter potty geez. toilet paper. Yeah, it, it's one of the greatest. Uh, Instagram posts we have ever done on Defenders of the Bank, but man, do you have to scroll way back real far. But please go back and try to find the Billy Mays and Philly Mays post that we did years ago no, no, now. No, 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 there's no we. There's I did, no that we was on me. This. I did that one. Between was, you and, yeah. and Amanda like posting a skinny Kevin Smith uh, <laughs> early on when we were doing like episode three at that rec center in West Los Angeles. Yeah, I, I screw you both, by I the way. I can't wait to see all of the Bill Murray posts that are come out soon after that. If I see That's... any of those, you're all in for it. <laughs> Did you mean, what was that? Did you mean to do that one? The horror? That was... Yeah, I said, right. yeah. Uh, I no. just watched Terrifier, so I was harnessing my inner one, art, the clown. Uh, one last thing, Philly. Before we talk about this match, I want to bring up a couple of questions that we asked leading into this championship match. And we'll answer them after we go through the match. We asked the following questions. Would Giorgio Chiellini and Eddie Segura's health be a factor? Would Jose Cifuentes be able to give us anything in the offensive third of the pitch? And the third question that we asked is, would Gareth Bale even get off the bench? Those were three questions that we had going into MLS Cup. Well, Philly, we might as well get into how LAFC, and say it with me, everybody, became the 2022 MLS Cup champions. I do just want to say one thing real quick. Yes. And it honestly, for me, like harkens back to 2018, and you'll understand the tie-in momentarily. Now, normally for a game day, we would all assemble in front of Bank of California Stadium at Christmas Tree Lane. Unfortunately, as we said in the preview and earlier on and a couple of times up to this point, we were not allowed to do that because of the fact that USC had their homecoming game and everything was set up for the Trojans to take on the Cal, Ber the, the Cal Berkeley Bears. No problem. But I do want to give a shout out to the 3252 and to LAFC and whoever was responsible. Shout out to Aaron Casey, Sujin, anybody who was involved with that for getting a tailgate space set up for us. It was incredible. It was awesome. The march was amazing. I inhaled more smoke then than I feel like I ever did living in New York. But between living in New York and L.A., I've often said you can't trust air you don't see. And that was a result of that. But I think the bad luck that tied into the union. So I was chilling, talking to Casey and Sakina and, and Tony up front where the line was to get food. Yeah. And there was this inbred Jeb looking Philadelphia Union fan with a blonde mullet walking across the street with his middle fingers in the air and shouting an expletive. L.A. So to me, right off the bat, Philly was, and I mean the other team, the class of the fan base, and I have more on that later, made itself very prevalent and evident. That was the first glimpse that we had of a Philadelphia Union fan. But I'm not going to talk about that yet, but keep that in the back of your cerebellum. The March to Bank of California Stadium yeah. was absolutely incredible. We did not. Well, I don't know what you were doing. I certainly didn't. I did not get to partake in that when uh, the March occurred for that very first match in April of 2018. Yep. When LAFC opened up Bank of California Stadium with that one nothing win. Laurent Simon's free, uh, uh, free kick goal. But I hearken back to any time there's been a March like that to Bank of California Stadium. We are 2-0. and oh. 
So that was a good start. The guy with the middle finger created Philly's bad omen. The march to the bank created our good signs and our good fortunes. And I think that was an incredible thing to have witnessed and been a part of and uh, and videotaped for that the, matter. The march to the match was the first march to the match I have ever been a part of in Los Angeles. It was incredible. I've done plenty. We've done plenty together. Some of the most memorable, the one against Portland in 2019 as we marched to the match to help them open up Providence Park with a loss. Uh, I've done several other march to the matches, and, and I know you have too, but there was something special about this one. Uh, you're right. I was not a part of the march to the match in 2018. I was at, obviously at the match, um, but uh, not, uh, not a member of the march to the match back then. This was special. This was incredible. And it was walking by places. It was really cool to see the, uh, the looks on the faces of the people at the California Science Center and the looks on the, the, the uh, security guards that were guarding the USC tailgate. Uh, I mean, it was, it was really, really cool. There are some great pictures, too, from all of that. So, again, a big thank you. And, yeah, Aaron Espinoza, who has been in charge Rockstar. of the tailgates uh, for the 3252 and for everything that happens on the opposite side – of Christmas tree lane, the side that is not cordoned off three quarters of the way, uh, by LAFC. Aaron, you have done an incredible job Absolutely. this year and we could not be more appreciative of not just allowing us to be a part of it, but making us feel like we are, we are embedded in what goes on there on Christmas tree lane each and every time. So Aaron, huge. Thank you to that. The, Honorary Falconer, if you will, even though we did not have a Falcon flight, we did have Ollie in attendance with Magic Johnson and uh, Jillian and Susanna were, were kind of hosting the match down there. So that was cool to see uh, Jillian Sakovitz and Susanna Collins do that. Magic Johnson, the Honorary Falconer, mm-hmm. the incredible <laughs> TIFO. Guess yes. which owners you still haven't seen at Bank of California Stadium. Which, which owner haven't you seen yet, Philly? Tony Flippin' Robbins. <laughs> Tony. There, you suck. May, maybe there'll be more on that story in the off season. Maybe, I don't know. I don't but know. Tony, you still suck. I don't know. But that being said, uh, an incredible flyover accompanied the match as well. It was not Ollie the Falcon, but it was uh, it was a really cool military flyover that we had. Uh, the incredible Tifo. Um, now there are plenty of people out there that are going to be screaming at me if I get this one wrong. So I will say it is the a Dragon Ball Z related Tifo that we had. Uh, was it Super Saiyan? I, I don't want to get it wrong. Everybody's going to be so pissed at me when I do. Please at me and help educate me. I am not nearly uh, as uh, as immersed. Super Saiyan, Scar. It was Super Saiyan, right? I got it right? Oh, I got you, it right. You're okay. Thank goodness. All right. All right. I can breathe now. That was very scary for me for a minute because you don't want to upset the people that are into things like Dragon Ball Z and manga and anime because whew, that is a rabbit hole. I have never gone down, but I appreciate it. No, that's not true. I, I, I guarantee you were probably a fan of Voltron back in your younger days. I was a fan, uh, but I was never like a Sailor Moon fan. I uh, All of my kids, uh, My Hero Academia is another big one that a lot of my, my middle schoolers watch on a regular basis. But again, it's never been a rabbit hole that I have dove down. What a cool opening ceremony that we saw to MLS Cup. We all got to boo Don Garber not once but twice during the day. So that was really fun. Uh, Cindy Cohn, uh, the president of the uh, U.S. Uh, Soccer Federation, she was there as well. So that was cool to be able to see some of the dignitaries. Obviously, Will Farrell was in the house. Uh, Wiz Khalifa and Will Farrell would have that fun moment later on on the Jumbotron. Uh, but once we started Philly, it was pretty much business as usual once we got everything going. 
It really was. You forgot a couple of names that we got to hang out with early on. <laughs> we, we took a picture with Bradley Wright Phillips. PWP? PWP himself was in the house, and he, he was super cool. He was. That, he sat like five rows behind us, and we were talking the entire match. I remember at one point at the conclusion of the game, we were sitting in Founders C, like row A, and I looked up, and he was walking by, and he saw me. Because we, we talked, we, we dialogued earlier, and he looked back, he pointed at me, I waved at him, he waved at me, and like it was a really cool moment. He was there. Uh, we took shots with Heath Pierce. I don't we know did. if Heath would be happy if I said that. Well, you but did. He, but Heath Pierce is a normal human being, and normal <laughs> human beings like to take shots. I'm sorry. Breaking oh, news, everybody. Heath Pierce, a yeah, normal human being. Yeah, no, and he's a hell of a dude. I, I, I love Heath Pierce. In fact, when he and Max Bredos get together, I actually enjoy those broadcasts because the banter between the two of them is quite good. And then, of course, we met Garber Bucks himself, for the second time around, yep, yep. Um, he obviously didn't remember us from the uh, from the All Star game. If I think he I remembered us, he just wanted to get away from us as soon as possible. Oh, I told him if there's anything I wanted for him was an MLS franchise in Vegas because that is an away day I will never ever miss. As you might not stuff. get home from those away days. We also got to take pictures with our buddy Tyler Miller, who drove 27 hours. He did not bring his dog though to MLS Cup. He did not bring his dog to the match, but. Uh, I mean, look, it's always good to see Tyler Miller there. What I love, too, is a couple of people saw Tyler from across Founders Club, and they started chanting, Tyler Miller. And Tyler was just kind of, you know, he was trying to keep a low profile. And his buddy, whoever he was with, was like, that's right, everybody. Tyler Miller's here. I don't know if you see him. This is my friend, Tyler Miller. So shout out to that guy, because that was fun. And then, I mean. Not everybody for, was happy to see Tyler for, Miller. For me, be nice. For me, the one, I who was. I, the one who I had the most fun chatting with when we were there, and I chatted with him for about 30 seconds, that's it, was former San Jose Earthquake great Landon Donovan. He was in Founders Club. We were chatting about some stuff, and I said, Landon, you know, it's, it's really good to have you here. Thank you for coming to MLS Cup. And he said, uh, he said, no hard feelings about being a member of the Galaxy. And I said, no, nah, I always think of you as a San Jose great anyway. And I ah, just walked away. Might be the greatest thing I heard up to that point of the day. And that was it. Uh, so it was, you know, fun times. Oh, uh, Councilman Curran Price. He was there too. A huge reason why LAFC is playing at Bank California Stadium, former site of the sports arena. Uh, he was there as well. So uh, give a shout out to him. He's always very, very nice to us. All right, Philly, we should talk about the match because this is how we win MLS Cup, baby. Yeah. What do you think? I agree. Philly is currently on his phone doing something with social media right now, which he has been absolutely crushing it. That's the nicest thing I feel like you've ever said to me. social media for us in this last I, week. I, I, I talk, he, he calls me out. I get quiet, he calls me out. Defenders, I can't win. Wait, what are you talking about? I, I was calling you out for a good thing just now. Fair enough. Like, like I said, I appreciate it. It's the nicest thing you said to me all month. Jim Curtin. <laughs> Philly is not going to get into his nickname, but Jim Curtin. But, but come find me and I'll tell you what Jeez, it is. Jim True Curtin. True story. One of the best head coaches, one of the best managers in all of Major League Soccer. The guy has done more with quote-unquote less. I think Philly just finds a way to pay some of these guys less, kind of like what LAFC did this year. Uh, but Jim Curtin has done more with less than almost any coach in Major League Soccer. He has been there since 2014, and again, as good as it gets, he wins the supporter, or excuse me, the uh, uh, Eastern Conference uh, championship this year and the supporters shield the year after we did it in 2020. He was coached by Bob Bradley and played with Ante Razov over at Chicago fire alongside Carlos Bocanegra on the back line. Also a former Chivas USA product. So Carson fans have to be pretty happy about that. And he was born just 15 miles outside of Philadelphia and it went to Villanova too. So really born, raised, bred in and around the Philadelphia area 
out for this match would be another. I mean, this is a huge blow for them. Six goals, six assists on the year. Don't begin to tell you the story of the contributions that Alejandro Bedoya makes week in and week out for the Philadelphia Union. He is a huge part of what they do, both on the offensive side of the ball and with his ability to control the tempo of the match. He's also their captain most matches. So it was a big loss not to have Alejandro Bedoya available. Their starting lineup is, again, as good as any starting lineup that maybe has ever even been assembled in Major League Soccer. Goalkeeper Andre Blake, the Jamaican national team keeper, the reigning 2022 goalkeeper of the year in Major League Soccer. Again, I'll say this before, shocked he has never had the opportunity to play in Europe, the number one overall pick in the 2014 MLS Super Draft, and he has done it all as a keeper in this league. The back line, consisting of Kai Wagner, the 25-year-old German who was a best 11 selection this season. And Philly, you mentioned this, I think, on our last podcast. MLS record, 15 assists for a defender. Unreal. I mean, obviously that means that Philly plays a lot of the balls over the top. Kai Wagner, a huh. deadly and lethal defender. Number two in assists and number two in defender of the year. Yeah, number two in assists, number two in defender of the year. Jack Elliott. Jack Elliott is listed at what, 6'8"? Six, 6'8 eight? Six, eight in the program? Shut the front door, really? Jack, go look up Jack Elliott. He was 6'7", six, 6'8", six, something like that. And wow, when he was, I didn't realize he was that big. When he was standing in the line for the wall for Kellen Acosta's kick, he's the one I noticed because his nose, eyes, forehead, and hair were all above anybody else in that line. Jack Elliott is one of the taller MLS players I think I have ever seen we are going to talk a lot about Jack Elliott on this podcast, the 27-year-old from London who played just about 3,000 minutes on the season. Playing right next to him would be Jacob Glesness. The, I mean, this guy is, is absolutely incredible. Defender of the year, best 11 selection, 28-year-old Norwegian with an absolute rocket. And Jacob Glesness in the regular season played every single minute didn't come off the pitch in the regular season for Philadelphia. And a player who, Philly, I'll be honest, I was more impressed with this player than almost any other for the Philadelphia Union. That would be defender Olivier Baizo, the 25-year-old Cameroonian who actually earned his spot over the season, over the course of the season, taking it away from Nathan Harriel. Oliver, Olivier and Baizo, Olivier Baizo, excuse me, was an incredible player in this MLS Cup final. And again, I kind of like him because he shares a birthday with my dad and he didn't beat us in MLS Cup, so that's fine too. Midfielders, Leon Flock, the 21-year-old, born in Humble, Texas, but with German citizenship. Jack McGlynn, who would be taking the place of Alejandro Bedoya, the 19-year-old from Middle Village, New York, who again played significant minutes this season at 19 years old for Philadelphia, 27 matches, and he started nine of the last 14 regular season matches and two of the three playoff matches. He's not quite the offensive threat, and I think that's what we saw from uh, from Jack McGlynn that Alejandro Bedoya is, although McGlynn would certainly factor into a goal in this match. And a player that was as good as advertised, midfielder Jose Martinez, 28-year-old Venezuelan who was just everywhere all the time and really did everything his club needed him to do to win this match, except right at the end where uh, John McCarthy had something to say about that. 
And, and finally, the midfielder, Daniel Gazdog, a best 11 selection with 22 goals and 10 assists in the regular season. He had 18 different matches where he scored a goal, including two hat tricks on the season. He, I don't think, is long for Major League Soccer. Mikel Ua, Ua, 28-year-old Danish player, former top goal scorer in the Danish First Division with 13 goals and six assists on the year. And Julian Carranza, the 22-year-old Argentinian, the cast-off from Inter-Miami, found his footing in Philadelphia. 14 goals, nine assists on the year. And look, we talked about this, you and I, that Philadelphia is an incredible team, 11 deep. After that, unfortunately, not that deep of a club, and especially being out Alejandro Bedoya and having to use Jack McGlynn. On the bench, you had Corey Burke, who we knew we would see, the 30-year-old Jamaican with seven goals on the season, who I called a poor man's Adama Diamande. Paxton, we'll also call him a villain he, when we talk about this game later on. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. But, I mean, it wasn't, wasn't his fault. I'll say it again. I don't think it was his fault. Uh, midfielder Paxton Aronson, the brother of the Medford Messi, Brendan Aronson, just 19 years old and uh, has been looking to uh, to gather some first-team minutes a little bit more than he already does. We mentioned Nathan Harriel, the defender, who we thought might see some time in this match, 21-year-old from Florida, who played over 2,000 minutes, and an uh, a very uh, seldom-used forward for Philadelphia, Chris Donovan, the 22-year-old Pennsylvania native, who would play just seven minutes with the Union since July 4th. That's pretty much it for the 11 and the 18 for Philly. Christian, Philly Philemon, please tell us, the players that will go down in club history as the starting lineup for the 2022 MLS Cup champions. I just want to reiterate the fact that that Philadelphia Union lineup yes. is the tw- has the 27th highest payroll in Major League Soccer. Ernst Tanner is arguably the greatest penny pincher and player manipulator that I've ever that this league has ever witnessed. For his club to have done what they've done with that amount of salary, just unbelievable. The only two teams that had a far less salary cap than the Union, the New Jersey Energy Drinks, the New York Red Bull for the slow and dim-witted, and then St. Louis SC, a team that hasn't even began play. No, and I think yet. most of that is Roman Burkle, their goalkeeper. That's it. I, which is which is the yeah well of course but I mean <laughs> it's still pretty crazy now obviously coming into this game the lineup that would start for LAFC would be a very important one because there are a lot of historical scenarios on the line right here obviously LAFC having won the supporters shield with a shot at winning MLS Cup will put them in a position to do something that hasn't been done by any major league soccer team since 2017. And back then we're referring to Toronto FC where they won both the supporters shield the MLS Cup and then the Canadian uh, the Canadian Cup which gives them the treble. The Canadian sure. Cup is a um well, I don't have anything kind to say about the Canadian Cup and I like Canadians, so we'll just leave it at that. We'll move right along. But <laughs> the last time these two number one, two number 1 seeds, just another thing I wanted to break. 2003. Up. Yep. Ante Razov, our assistant coach, yep. and Jim Curtin both played together on the Chicago Fire then. Just another fun little fact to hit you with. 19 years ago. The Union entered the MLS Cup with the largest combined regular season and Audi MLS Cup playoff goal differential in league history. This is that really, really cheaply funded team, which, again, I would say is interesting. Now, what's on the line for LAFC, obviously, is joining a couple of teams uh, on winning the Supporter Shield and the MLS Cup. Four clubs since 2005, Scarf, have accomplished this. Unbelievable. Toronto FC in 17. 
the, uh, the Carson fallacy in 2011, uh, the Columbus crew in 08, and, uh, well, spoiler alert, we're number four. How cool is that? <laughs> yeah. And Steve Chirondolo becomes the first coach to win the Supporters' Shield and the MLS Cup in his first full season as a head coach. Look, 27 years of Major League Soccer, only nine times, one-third of the time, has the Supporters' Shield winner actually even played for MLS Cup. But coming into this match, Philly, 7-1 and one the Supporters' Shield winners were. So really good omen there. Seven out of eight times, the Shield winner has also won MLS Cup had they gotten to play for it. So with all that on the line and obviously playing in front of Bank of California Stadium in front of what was a packed house of 22,000, I believe 473. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was, but, it was more than 22,000. But, but there's something I also want to comment about that. So the Philadelphia Union got a very, very big supporter section in the upper corners. I will tell you, they allocated a lot of tickets towards these guys, uh, these cheesesteak eating chumps couldn't even fill that section and you want to talk about being a, a proud club that's very well supported had we had any opportunity that was similar to that of philadelphia we would have packed the freaking house what disgusts me and pisses me off about the union not so much the little inbred jeb guy who gave us the finger not so much the guy who told me la sucks while i was filming in the concourse not so much all the jerks that i met outside of bank of california stadium but the ones that were allocated tickets and didn't bother showing up. You guys could all suck it. And the reason why I say that is because you displaced so many fans of LAFC, season ticket holders that bit had sat in those seats since day one. Y'all got those tickets and didn't even bother showing up. So a big middle finger to all of you out there and the fact that we allocated seats to accommodate your stupid traveling fan base and yet you couldn't even bring the ruckus. Screw you and screw all of that. Anyway, now that the rant is over, the starting lineup for LAFC. Maxime Crippo, who uh, would be a very big name that we're going to talk about later on. The only shock... I don't even want to call it a shock. Within our back line, we got Ryan Holling said, Jesus David Murillo, Giorgio Chiellini in the, on the bench, but not in the starting lineup. We had Sebastian Ibiaga, who I will say came up very big in this game. And of course, Chiqui Palacios, who had the greatest assist in LAFC's history. More on that later. The midfield, Jose Cifuentes, Ilya Sanchez, and Kellen Acosta. No surprises there. And of course, the back line, I'm sorry, the front line, Carlos Vela, Chicho Arango, and Denny Buanga are subs. Franco Escobar, I had to think about that one for a second. Eddie Segura, Latif Blessing, God bless Latif. Him and Carlos Vela, one of two players to be on this roster going back to the inaugural season. Gareth Bale, who, oh my God, we found Gareth Bale. Giorgio <laughs> Chiellini, Mahala, Quadwo Poku, Seba Mendes, Christian Teo. And every once in a while when we're reading the players that come off the bench, a name that you don't want to necessarily call because you think you might waste your breath, this name certainly wouldn't be a waste of breath later on in the game number 77 big john mccarthy <laughs> unbelievable we'll talk more about that later but to quote or steal a line from the mandalorian looking at that lineup all i had to do was nod my head and go this is the way <laughs> this is and was the way that is your lafc starting lineup and that is a lineup and a team and a 20 that is going to go down in history is arguably the best team in major league soccer and of course one of the best teams that we've had and deepest teams we've had in lafc history just awesome awesome i uh i was nervous i was excited y'all were nervous and excited no doubt as well but now we go to the opening kickoff yeah, look, I, I do want to say one thing, too. All of those guys in the lineup, 
Look, I uh, I was having a conversation. This was, oh God, probably 10 years, 12 years ago or so. I got to meet Philly. You'll, you'll love this name. I got to meet Timmy Tuffle. Got to meet ah. Tim Tuffle, former 1986 New York Met, right? And we were talking about some things and, and I, I was looking at his World Series rank and he looked at me and he goes, you know what? I don't care what anything says on the back of my baseball card. I don't care what anything anybody else says about what kind of playing career I had. No one will ever be able to take away the fact that I was on a team that won the world championship in 1986. Well, these guys are going to look around. And this, look, LAFC supporters, Defenders Nation out there, all the names that Philly just mentioned and all the lineup that you go to MLSsoccer.com and read LAFC's roster, they'll never be together in that way, shape, or form again. This roster will never be the exact same as it was going into that match, but nobody will ever be able to take away the fact that that roster that Philly just mentioned is the 2022 MLS Cup champions. That being said, let's get into the match. It was two heavyweight teams, Philly, really feeling each other out for the first 20 minutes or so. Look, there was good pressure on both sides. There was bad officiating by Ismail Alfath twice. What do you expect with these pretty rancid officials? Twice Pro missing referees. when we should have had corner kicks. The second one, by the way, so... So blatantly obvious. I think that was in the 11th minute or so on that give and go from Chicho to Carlos. His shot was deflected. Very easy to tell that this shot was deflected. But no, unfortunately. We got a yellow to number 14, Jack, or excuse me, yellow in number in the 14th minute to Jack Elliott. Jack Elliott will be a player that we will talk about quite a bit in this breakdown. And he started out needing to play the rest of the 76 minutes of the match on a yellow card as he got a, a very easy yellow for a late challenge on Ryan Hollingshead. Nothing from that corner kick that we got the free, uh, uh, nothing from the free kick, excuse me, that we got from that. I, I really enjoyed Sebastian Abiaga's defending Philly for these first 20, 25 minutes. I would, I would agree. He, we, he's our fourth string center back and obviously him Coming into this role with the lights shining on him the brightest, we were a little worried about it. But what we've seen through him, about through him, through him, what we've seen sure. of him throughout the course of the regular season is the fact that he is dependable and he's a solid player. Is he an MLS All Star or, or a best eleven? No, I would say probably not. But he's a quality guy who made a lot of quality plays and he had a very big play towards the end of the first half. But we are not there yet. Uh, we're we're going to move on 26 minutes. Yeah, let's get into that play, Philly. Yeah, Buanga to Vela at the top of the box, but the shot was blocked. LAFC happened to earn back the ball, and there was a foul on top of the box. Gives Carlos Vela a free kick a minute later. Dead center just above the semicircle. And, uh, I, I was dead sure in my notes Carlos Vela was taking this kick. I was dead sure in my notes Carlos Vela was taking this kick. Well, the thing about it is I was wrong. it was Kellen Acosta. <laughs> and <laughs> the nice thing about Kellen Acosta taking this is he's gotten his confidence back. I feel like I've been a broken record. He's had his moments where him servicing the ball on, on, on set pieces had been kind of iffy. But Acosta, off of a free kick, and yes, Carlos Vela did pump fake it. I will say that. But 
but Kellen Acosta off of a free kick deflects off of Jack McGlynn. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, Andre Blake outstretching LAFC scoring the first goal, like low and wide to the left. Bank of California Stadium is roaring and your U.S. men's national team midfielder, Kellen Acosta coming through to LAFC in his first season as a member of the Black and Gold, scoring the opening goal in what would be an absolutely memorable MLS Cup final. Philly, the one thing we knew when that goal went in the back of the net is this game was not going to end. One nothing. No. But we might as well be the ones to strike first blood. An incredible series of events that led to that. And obviously the most important being that beautiful dome of Jack McGlynn <laughs> as that ball caroms off of his head. Look, it's one of those things, Philly. I don't think if Alejandro Bedoya is in the game that that even happens. I just don't know. It's just one of those breaks that we get. And your first goal scorer on a team with Carlos Vela, Christian, or excuse me, uh, uh, Chicho Arango, huh. Denny Bowen. No, you're, you're right. His first I name was, is Christian. I was. I was. Uh, Jose Cifuentes, all these other big names that have scored goals for us in the past. It's Kellen Acosta on a free kick, only the second free kick ever for a goal in MLS Cup history. How cool was that? LAFC up one nothing, and and honestly, it would be an incredible first half for LAFC. I want to flash forward ahead to the 39th minute if okay. we could. Oh, okay, good, because there's too much minutia that we had in our notes that there's no reason we talk about. Oh, no, 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 no. Where, uh, can you see highlights the way that you're looking at it or no? Uh, well, I have my notes, then I have your notes. Okay. And your notes as a teacher are obviously more comprehensive but do you see than that where, of the class clown. Can you so see I would where assume. I've highlighted some of my notes on yours or no? Uh, I can, so oh, I'm lovely. assuming that's right. what you'd want to go yeah, over. those are the ones that I'm going to look to talk about, because you're right. I took copious notes on this match. I also got to watch it back twice already. So Yeah, I, I mean, I, because people would care about the wind blowing in the 27th I, minute and, <laughs> and Jack McGlynn blowing a snot rocket that went by, like, Ismael, what's his Now, face? hold on. That's huh. not anything that I have You are a quite observer. You're quite the observer and quite astute. And that's I, a good thing. Again, you're a teacher. I was the class clown. Hard notes. Defenders, at some point, you would have to see the difference between my notes and Scarf's notes. It's that of comedy. Scarf's <laughs> notes so structured, so beautifully, and like, with mine, so many spelling mistakes, <laughs> errors, no commas, run-on sentences. It's quite funny. <laughs> and lots of swears in yours sometimes, too. Well, I'm, I'm sorry that the word shot turns into something different <laughs> on my phone. It's only because it auto-corrects it away from shot because you use the other word so much. I love it so much. My phone is profane. In the 39th minute, what a save by Andre Blake. Oh, the deflection yeah. off the free kick by Chicho comes to Carlos Vela, and he put a perfect the ball such a good cross. On Cheeky Palacios. Such a good cross. And I can I pause for a moment? I think he might have been the player that had the best game overall for LAFC. Cheeky, Cheeky Palacios. Cheeky Palacios was incredible in this match. An absolute masterclass in how to play left back. And, and unfortunately, and we talked about this a little bit with Max and with Vince, I don't think Cheeky Palacios is long for this club. He is so young, so talented, and so special being a left-footed left back, I mean, the kid is so good. But Andre Blake, a great save on Cheeky Palacios there in the 39th minute. And and you're thinking, all right, all right, that's okay. We're, we're making good headway. We're playing very well, uh, heading towards uh, the offensive third of the pitch. I really liked it. And absolute chaos, Philly. Absolute chaos in the 42nd and 43rd minutes as, as a bad turnover. 
by LAFC, and we would see a bad turnover come back to haunt LAFC later on in the match. Uh, Philadelphia Union on the break. Several good attempts for Philadelphia. It's Mikhail Uwa who comes streaking down the middle. And he wore his close I, defenders. I definitely not streaking the way people would anticipate. I definitely didn't think Seb Ibiaga had that gear left to get back on Mikhail Uwa because he was able to get him from behind, got back into the play, blocks it. Several other attempts either blocked or knocked down in front, and and we we're actually able to get a counter on it. And the counter was pretty good too, although Chicho puts it high. He was going for that top bins there in the right corner, just couldn't find a low enough trajectory on it. But great scramble defending Philly in the 42nd, 43rd. No, I would agree. But that play happens because of the Carranza pass to Uwa. And Seb was right there. Ibiaga was right there. And you said it. He turned it up. But between him, Murray, and obviously Acosta, that was a great defensive effort. So Ibiaga proving that, you know, he is a valued and important piece of LAFC. Not that we ever questioned it. But obviously, Sebastian Ibiaga isn't the same name or has the same pedigree of that of a Giorgio Chiellini or honestly for that of an Eddie Segura. He proved his worth within this first half. That was a massive play because Ua did a re- had a really good maneuver to get by his man and he would have had a nice, easy crack at Maxime Crippo had those three players not been involved in clearing that ball out of the box. Yeah, look, halftime comes and Philly, anything you want to get into about halftime notes, halftime stats, anything you feel like that important? Because I think no, I think I, we just roll right on no, through. No, we roll right through it. No substitutions for either side at the half and really not... Not a whole lot of things that I would uh, deem even necessary in the notes. I did have to pee in like the 49th minute, but Philly has his hand raised, so he has something. Oh, no. I was, I, oh, you, you were just you stretching. Know, the funny thing is this time around, defenders, I was just stretching. <laughs> well, Philly, This is why y'all need to like see us visually. We're working with a Hollywood studio potentially, but although I feel a little more inclined to think that we're still going to be a little more DYI. Um, or DIY? That's what I meant. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I said. So right before the hour mark, Philly, that in the 58th minute. do it minute, yourself, not do yourself it. <laughs> and that was a moment with Philly. Uh, no, that was a brain fart with Philly. Philly, in the, in the 58th minute, unfortunately, we knew it wouldn't end 1-0. No, of course not. How could you possibly think that it would end 1-0 against the highest scoring team well, in Major League Soccer? Connor did, Connor Colopsis did predict 1-0. <laughs> yeah, he was wrong. Well, it, Okay. I got, I got, I got nothing more there. So the guy that you need to watch out for, the leading scorer of the team, the second leading scorer in Major League Soccer, tied with Sebastian Driussi, happened to punch his name into the annals of Major League Soccer finals history. Daniel Gazdag, the Herculean Hungarian, <laughs> scores his goal. Martinez. Took and that's this is the heel, by the way, as likable as a lot of the guys are on the Philadelphia yeah. Union. Uh, Martinez would be what one would call a heel, a bad yep. guy, somebody you would dislike. And I certainly disliked him. He took what appeared to be a shot from well outside of the box. He didn't get enough boot on leather. That ball obviously had no mustard on it, but it somehow got placed quite nicely in front of Gazdog, who happened to control it quite well, and he smashes it past Maxime Cripeau. Now, the thing about that play... By looking at it, Mario dropped off and it appeared as if he was looking for an offside as well as Max was, Acosta, and Cheeky. But if you look above, there was no review uh, and the goal obviously stood. But Cheeky, if I'm not mistaken, I am willing to die on that hill, was the reason why that play wasn't offside. And we're talking about a nose hair differential. Cheeky's foot being in a position to keep Gazdog onside. And as a result of that... 
1-1 is the score. And this is when, and I'll address this a little more later on, but this is when we start seeing a disgusting habit that happens to occur during LAFC playoff games, and that's fans throwing things on the field. I don't want to harp too much on this for now. I do want to talk about this later, but if we're going to have a great fan base and if people are going to look to us as the front runners in terms of spectatorship and fandom for MLS soccer, you morons that throw stuff on the field, I get it. You're passionate. But you throwing beer or throwing cups at players is not helping anybody out. More on that later. Yeah, no, I, I, I will agree with Philly on that one 100%. Uh, moving forward, about the 64th minute, we had Muri and Andre Blake come together. And look, honestly... Murray was doing what he was supposed to be doing. Blake was doing what he was supposed to be doing. The rest of Philadelphia Union were pretty pissed off about it, but Andre Blake and Murray shared a little bit of a moment, so they were fine. But something happened in that moment, apparently. Even though, like, seven Philadelphia Union guys came at Jesus David Murillo, and even though Andre Blake was good with it after, not sure why Jose C. Fuentes gets a yellow card on that. Subbing in in the 74th minute, a player who we have talked about on a team that on the bench has Christian Teo and Gareth Bale one of our favorite players in club history, Mahala Opoku, coming into the match for Chicho Arango. And look, I, <laughs> I was watching Chicho. He wasn't happy. I, he was less unhappy than he has been in the past. I'll say this. I think, look, you would, Philly, you would have to drag the jersey off of me and get me off of that pitch if it were the MLS Cup final, right? I would want to say that as soon as, as long as I was out there, and I'm, I'm awful at soccer, so I'm not saying me, me, but I'm saying me, the professional athlete. To be fair, nobody's seen you play. That's, I mean, Edward Atuesta and, uh, and Eddie Segura have seen you. Me you make a decent keeper. In I fact, do. you might still have scars from that moment at Toyota <laughs> Arena where we hung out with, with Atuesta and Segura. And Atuesta blistered my hand with a shot. That's still, oh man. Anyways, uh, but, I can't, I will never blame a player for not wanting to come out, especially of a finals match. But <laughs> Due to certainly... technical difficulties beyond the scarf's control, his mic blasted him my, in the uh, my... in the sternum. <laughs> my mic literally just fell over and drilled me in the chest. Don't worry, <laughs> he got guys. Randy Macho Man savaged by his <laughs> microphone. 225 episodes. We'll figure this out eventually. I promise. <laughs> Jesus, did it again. All right. Well, Scarf gonna... is the only person in Phil Monster Studios that has managed to make his microphone go limp. <laughs> Personal problems of the scarf. That just... is another podcast within its own right. I'm going to hold on to the microphone right <laughs> Starring now. Starring Nina Kiefer. Mahalo oh. Opoku. I hate Sorry. you so much right now. Hey, I, I need to have fun at your <laughs> expense every once in a while. I'm the one who usually puts his foot in his mouth. <laughs> the microphone just went in my mouth. That was unreal. I went limp. <laughs> Mahala comes in in the 74th minute, and I swear we'll get better at this eventually. And then in the 82nd minute... And he's I, holding it so diligently, I, too. It's going to fall if I don't. I don't know what to do. In the 82nd minute, so much it was a great give and go that gave LAFC a corner. And in the 82nd minute, I showed Nina this. I said, will LAFC win MLS Cup on a scarf goal? Now, for those of you that don't know, in the 80th minute, we call them Philly goals. We had one of those in the playoffs this year already. I believe it was Denny Bowanga who scored in the 80th minute in our first playoff match this season. So we had a Philly goal. We have yet to have a scarf goal in the playoffs. I, I wear 83 because I was born in 83. Philly wears 80 because he's 80 years old. Oh, sorry, because he was born in 80. So You should have just said the whole thing, Scarf. <laughs> I was kind of expecting you to. <laughs> Whatever you limp Mike Holden, the mother... <laughs> In the 83rd minute, <laughs> Carlos Vela on the corner. 
and it's Jesus David Murillo getting in front of his man, Jose Martinez, the villain. An absolutely beautiful play. The bank went ape. We have seven minutes to hold on for MLS Cup. We talked about great service, and we get it again, this time from Carlos Vela. Are you kidding me? Muri is our goal scorer. We are going to win. MLS Cup 2-1 behind goals from Kellen Acosta and Jesus David Murillo. Exactly what we needed. If only we could see it out. Just seven more minutes. Ah, Billy, we didn't see it out seven more minutes. Ah, it's so stinking pissed at this point. Yes, a very short-lived celebration. Jack Elliott. That is a name that is going to haunt us. Not very much, though, because we exercise the demons later on. But his he gets his first of the day off of a piece, a brilliant, brilliant set piece pass into the box. Ugh. It was, it was Kai Wagner, if I'm not mistaken. Kai Wagner, the number two assist man in Major League Soccer during the regular season. Beautiful ball. And Elliott soars high above to spoil the party that we were about to kick off at Expo Park. He was completely unmarked. There was nobody around him. Cifuentes and Cheeky were to the right of him. Vela was behind him. So frustrating, so infuriating. This is where the bipolar aspect of this match starts to kick in. We have our high, we have our low, we have our high, we have our low. And now we're going into into injury time with seven freaking minutes. Seven freaking minutes of injury time. Yeah, hoping it'd be a lucky number seven for LAFC. And in the fifth minute, it almost was that ball pinballing around the box several different players with an opportunity on it first it was Sebastian Ibiaga then Ryan Hollingshead but look they were both uh, I'll be honest they were both close calls clearly but Andre Blake was right there and saw both of them and corralled it pretty easily I don't think he was out of sorts too much right where he needed to be and we thought that maybe just maybe we are going to get MLS Cup but unfortunately we would go into extra time in MLS Cup for the final. Yep. That, and that's not anything you want to be. We said on a couple of podcasts ago that the last thing we wanted for this team was to go into this scenario, to go into PKs, because, well, Andre Blake is one of the greatest goalkeepers this league has ever seen, and that was a scary, scary scenario. Now, Moving on, 97th minute, I guess you could say, the biggest substitution of Steve Chirondolo's career, bringing in what at that point was the missing Gareth Bale. And I got to tip my hat off and give a shout out to my beautiful wife. They call her the Panda. She said it. She said it. She brought it out, spat it off to the heavens. She said, and I quote, if Bale comes in, he's going to do something to solidify himself in our history, unquote. The girl's quite a stoot scarf. I wish that, and I hope that she could do that with our lottery tickets eventually, because <laughs> that Powerball that's a lot of money keeps on rising. So that's the story right there. Yeah, uh, don't forget, by the way, Christian Teo came in at the start of stoppage time too, and we're gonna we're gonna unfortunately have to talk about Christian Teo. Well, well, yes, I mean Christian Teo, he's a. Uh, 
if there's any way to describe him in this game, it's one of those like, who are you? But while he does not have a great body of work for LAFC, I'm not, not going to shoot. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hit him with the bus just yet. Nope. I still believe in him. And if he sticks around for the off season and for the reg and coming in in the regular season, I still think he's going to be a gamer. Yeah. Look, first 15 minutes of stoppage time. Cause what we do, excuse me, we have extra time. Uh, extra time works like this two 15 minute periods. And uh, first 15 minutes, not a whole lot. Also, by the way, there's I saw this on Twitter, Scarf, so yes. I, I, it kind of dumbfounded me that yes. people thought about this. I want to make sure that it's clear. There is no golden goal in these scenarios. No. So if there was a goal scored early on within extra within extra time, it still would have been played. It still would have been the two 15-minute yes. periods. So think of it that way. There is no golden goal. So in the event that you thought that that would be the case— Obviously, you'd be proven wrong. And if you're asking and clamming for it, sorry, that's not the way the world works. I mean, it is kind of a very MLS thing to want to do second 15 minutes. And here's the sad part, right? Well, if, it's the rest of the world, Scar. If that's how it is in like in, in, in knockout stages. Sure, sure, sure. If we are able to see this match out, Philly, for seven more minutes, then Maxime Cropo gets to go to the World Cup. If we're able to see this match out for seven minutes, uh, it definitely takes away some of the Cinderella story for this match, sure, but I just feel so badly for one Maxime Cropo because in about what I think was, what, the 110th minute or so, we had a play where Jesus David Murillo makes an incredibly lazy back pass to Maxime Cropo, and we all thought this was curtains because we saw Corey Burke race to this ball, and by the look of it, we all knew there's no way there's no way Maxime is going to get to this ball first. Corey Burke is going to chip it over the top. And, and that kid's a gamer, by the way. He is their super sub. Yeah. If there was any player that, for those of you who watch world football, yeah. to compare him to, Corey Burke is Philadelphia Union's version of what uh, Olivier Giroud was when he played at Chelsea or Arsenal. Yeah, look, I, I've called him the poor man's Adama Diamande. He has seven goals, four assists on the season. He just has a nose for doing things in and around the box and for pouncing on the ball. And he certainly pounced on it. And unfortunately, he beat Maxime Cropo to the ball. Maxime took him out with a, a pretty vicious collision, which unfortunately resulted in, at the very least, a broken leg. We've heard everything from a compound fracture to multiple breaks. It was bad. It was bad. I, Jesus, looking at Maxime Cropo, Philly, you wouldn't even know something was wrong. He calmly just sat up, waved for the trainer to come on, kind of sat back down, and the the look on Jose Cifuentes' face, oh, the, yeah. the look on a lot of the guys that were out there on the pitch, you just knew, oh my God, something is actually really, really wrong. I don't want to ever watch it again, but I've seen a couple of slow motion replays from this. I've almost thrown up. Oh, several times. I mean, if you watch college basketball, you would remember the yeah. Kevin Ware injury yep, from Louisville. Uh, from Louisville. Yeah. It wasn't quite like that, but when you go to see the replay, there there was something reminiscent of that. It was and, bad. And this is what I have to say about Maxime Cripeau. Yeah. And, and I saw some jerk off on social media go, well, that's going to be the decision he's going to regret for the rest of his life. And what's he doing trying to like hurt our player, Corey Burke? I'm talking about the salty ass Philadelphia. Yeah, he wasn't trying fans. to hurt him. I'm calling them Philadelphia Onions from here on out because all they've done since the conclusion of this game on social media is cry. You are no longer the union. You are the Onions. And that's going to be it from here on out. The bottom line, Philly 316 said so. But Defenders Nation, 
The millions. And millions. I'm glad you were paying attention. You were Always. on your phone, so I was just double-checking to I'll see if you were attention. focusing too much Keep on your fantasy football. He sacrificed his body, defenders, in a gutsy professional dog so foul play. He sacrificed his body and his shot at competing in the World Cup for a country that it is not known for competing in the World Cup. And I'm obviously talking about Team Canada. If you see Maxime Crepeau, out anywhere in town you are sending him a drink or an appetizer an hors d'oeuvre a high five maxime crepeau pays for nothing anymore in los angeles because what he did he put his body on the line y'all love this town the city of angels we recognize heroes in this town he is a hero had he not done what he did Corey burke there's no telling what he could have done he could have put that ball and smashed it in the back of the net and next thing you know you're we're watching these philadelphia onion mother truckers hoisting an MLS Cup in our stadium. What he did was gutsy. He had balls of steel. And as a result of that, he did get physically punished. Yeah. He's going to miss the World Cup. But Maxime Crepo, if there's anybody that bleeds LAFC in black and gold, Literally. it's this man right here. Jesus. Tyler Miller came in the Bank of California Stadium, and he was solid for us. And I have a distinct feeling and thought that he might want to come back, but I'm sorry. Between Maxime Crepeau and later on, what is that? The performance of John McCarthy. There is no place in LAFC for Tyler Miller unless we have a, a, another USL or a Division II side. Love you, Tyler, but as much as I loved you in the past, Maxime Crepeau and John McCarthy took our hearts in a way that I can't describe. And the fact that he was urging on the team scarf. If I would have broken my leg, if you would have broken your leg, yep. whatever the injury... Just shoot me. He was on that cart getting strolled off. He's he's talking. He's amping his teams up. He's giving the thumbs up. I think about that and I get emotional. Yeah. Because just like the, the heat of the moment, what must have been going on in his head, the competitor that he is, I tip my hat off and I raise my glass to Maxime Crepeau. May he never buy a drink or another meal in this town <laughs> on his own ever again. And Maxime, I know you're a big fan of the pod. We certainly appreciate you listening to it. God bless you, and I hope you have a quick and speedy recovery. Yeah, I, it. look, let's be honest. It, the question might be, you mentioned not wanting to bring back Tyler Miller. Why would I at this well, point? Well, I'll tell you why. I'm not sure that Maxime Cropot will be ready for next season. I'm not sure that Maxime Cropot is going to play for us we in would 2023. Need, we would need a doctor to tell us, because from what I, I understand, no, I if it's a bone, those things are quicker to heal than that of a ligament. I, I hear you. It looked like a very bad injury. And God willing, Maxime Cropeau is able to get right, get back, and get healthy, and get back on the pitch for the black and gold. But we have, and by the way, Philly and I have a ton of podcasts planned in the offseason, talking about positional battles, talking about contracts, talking about what we're going to do next, Champions League. One of the things that we are going to address on a future podcast is what LAFC does with the goalkeeper position leading into the 2023 season. Do we go with John McCarthy for Champions League? Do we go with John McCarthy from here on out? Is there a free agent out there? Uh, we still have Tomas Romero. No, I know. We got, we got the Georgetown kid, Tomas Romero. We have Abraham Romero, uh, who is the uh, keeper for the most part for Las Vegas Lights. We have some options within the club, but God, you just feel for Maxime Cropeau. And, and let's be real. He was initially given a yellow on the play. It was eventually changed correctly so because Philly used the word dog so. He was doing that on purpose. It is denial of an obvious goal-scoring opportunity that is a straight red. Acronyms. And, and can we talk about something real quick, Philly? Uh, 
Sure. On All something, we've been doing is talking. On something like that, where you have the keeper sent off for a red. Ah. The Philadelphia Union get to pick the player that comes off. So they are looking at a front line and everybody that we had. If I'm wrong about this, let me know I'm wrong, Defenders Nation, because God knows I've been wrong before. But did the Union... Nina would probably occur, Riel would concur. Right? Did the Union really pick Mahala Opoku to come off? The super sub. I mean, if if you were Jim Curtin, if I was Jim Curtin, I would have done the same thing. If this is about to go to PKs, I, I just, I'm shocked, shocked, I tell you, that... Philadelphia chose Mahala Opoku to come off on the red. So uh, the way that it works, Mahala comes off for the straight red of Maxime Cropo and John McCarthy, number 77, mm. gets sub one in your hearts in a few in minutes for LAFC. These would be his first regular season moments. No, no, he comes in since. Uh, go ahead. Uh, no, 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 no. Go ahead. Oh, you got it. I have the floor. Yep. I have the mic. You have the floor. Okay, because mine, unlike yours, is not limp. Oh, geez. mine is stiff and Mine's, sturdy. Hold on, let's 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 be real. I fixed it. I, I yeah, with some assistance, McCarthy. And you have the audacity to say I'm older than you. Go <laughs> talk about McCarthy. <laughs> and comes backup keeper John McCarthy again, number seventy-seven, but number one in your hearts momentarily. Two games at this point in his career, scarf got the start against Club America at SoFi. And honestly, played a really good game. Yes. At that point, we saw his penalty kicking prowess yes. because we had gone to PKs in that game. And granted, he did not make many, but he uh, many saves, but he certainly uh, chose the right direction. The kid was really good at that point. Anyway, the other time, the last time he played in a regular season game against the Colorado Rapids up in their neck of the woods at Dick's Sporting Goods Park in a game in which we lost two to nil. So because of the man down, you obviously said Mahala comes in, and uh, that's that's the story right now. So John McCarthy, who has not played big minutes, and quite honestly, Scarf, he hasn't really played big minutes in his career. Yeah. I think he's got like 146 <laughs> games as a professional soccer player, less than 50 in Major League Soccer. Loaned out to Bethlehem Steel, played for a bunch of other clubs. He was a backup keeper for the Philadelphia Union between 2015 and 2018. The kid is born and bred and raised in Philadelphia, Played his college soccer at LaSalle as a member of the Explorers. There is nobody that is more Philly, other than this Philly. Nah, but I'm, I'm Queens. There's nobody that's more Philly than John McCarthy. And there's a beautiful bit of irony in the situation. I was listening to Jim Curtin's post-game press conference, and the minute John came in, Jim had mentioned during the press that he's like, oh my God, we're going to go to penalties and we're going to face McCarthy. Like, this is like this is kind of crazy. And crazy it was, Scarf. Crazy it absolutely was. But McCarthy, while he might have looked good for his first save of the match, um, well, you take it away since I stole your thunder. <laughs> yeah, no, you look, and your limp mic. But but you had mentioned it's not limp anymore. You had mentioned you assistantly uh, stiffened it. McCarthy's MLS experience: thirty games for the Philadelphia Union, where he had eight clean sheets, and twenty-two games for Inter Miami, where he had three clean sheets. And uh, look, I, I'm this kid McCarthy, man. Like you feel for him because if you listen to his interview with Vince LaRosa, he talks about just happy that his family is going to be there, that his kid's going to be there. And he did the interview. Ugh, Wearing in a, a Filthies jersey. In a Philadelphia Phillies jersey. I mean, the guy is as Philly as it gets. He had he had no real thought that he would be playing. Again, you mentioned it. He was our starting keeper. 
and played the full 90 in both the uh, League's Cup showcase against Club America and against Colorado Rapids. Uh, he also played against Orange County in the Open Cup for us, three uh, a third game. Uh, so that that's that's the sum total. And we would call on him for the most important, what would wind up being, what was it, maybe three minutes plus stoppage time, right? Nine minutes of stoppage time. We had Chris Donovan come in for Philadelphia for Corey Burke, who looked like he was hurting after that collision as well. And the thought was, dear God, can we just get this to PKs? Because at least it's a coin flip-ish, even though it's Andre Blake and John McCarthy. We know McCarthy's pretty good at PKs. There was also some rumors that McCarthy might be going in anyway if it goes to PKs. I don't know about that, but those were some rumors. But in the fourth minute of stoppage time, after a half a dozen clearance attempts by LAFC after a corner kick and a wonderful job on defense and a great save by John McCarthy to keep it out on Julian Carranza. Philly just kept hammering and hammering and hammering at the door. And it's that man again, all six, seven, six, eight of him, Jack Elliott, who finds the goal. And look, we had about five minutes of stoppage time remaining after he scored the goal. I have no problem in saying this. I lost faith a little bit. I thought that was it. Look, the union were like gnats and mosquitoes in the box, and they finally, and they finally managed to latch onto us and suck the blood out of us. Heartbreaking. I wasn't going to leave my seat. You weren't going to leave your seat. I paid way too much in Ticketmaster fees for my seat, <laughs> as did you. By the way, Ticketmaster, if there, if there was ever a time I wanted to swear at a corporation, now would be it. How dare you charge us 22% of our ticket fee, as, uh, as our ticket cost as your fee? I hate you more than I hate anything, any corporation. But luckily, we have to go to the championship celebration soon, so we can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, fine. I, I can't go too uh, too much on that, but um, we we still have a lot to talk about. No, no, we still. Well, I mean, look, it's the championship pod, and it's not going to be a fifteen minute thing. But yes, it was heartbreaking, and some fans. I'm not going to give them the respect to call them supporters because supporters are dedicated, and they don't pull this kind of crap. There are a couple of people down in the lower bowls. Within Field Club, that bounced out of the stadium, thinking that LAFC was just going to repeat what they did, which is losing the big game. And you know what? I'm glad that they be, they were the ultimate sacrifice because they missed the most sensational thing ever. In fact, right around this time period, I talked about her earlier. I want to give another nod and shout out to my beautiful wife, a.k.a. The Panda. She spotted people bringing out the MLS trophy. The game hadn't ended. The league was getting ready to award it to the Philadelphia Union. From what I heard, they were already determining that Jack Elliott was going to be the MVP, and obviously rightfully so. But what was about to happen, and this harkens back to Scarf and I's fandom of the New York Mets, the champagne that was within the Boston Red Sox's locker <laughs> happened to get removed and put back into the home team, the good guys locker, because something really, really big is about to happen. And uh, we should get into that, baby. Uh, look, how do you, how I, do you say rock star in Welsh? In fact, <laughs> you go do your thing. I'm going to go look that up. Oh, good. Philly's going to try and read Welsh for you guys off of the internet. That'll go well. I, look, I know it starts with a throw-in from Ilya Sanchez, right? Ilya, no, 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 no. Or not, excuse me, it starts from Cheeky, and then Ilya back to Cheeky. Ah, I got it. I can't wait. 
Okay, well, go on and I'll set it up. Cheeky Palacios. As he is able to take this ball toward the goal line and make an incredible pass, again, in my (laughs) humble opinion, while, while John McCarthy's saves were more important, while Gareth Bale's goal is more important, if you look from the first kickoff, from the first minute, first kickoff, to the 120th plus nine minutes in stoppage time, Cheeky Palacios was our best player on the pitch. I absolutely loved everything that Cheeky Palacios did. This pass to Gareth Bale, who gets in front of and over the top of, and as they said on the broadcast, absolutely dunks on the six foot seven or eight Jack Elliott for the biggest goal in LAFC history. Yep, I'll say it. The biggest goal in LAFC history. Gareth freaking Bale. Yes, it's Gareth Bale in stoppage time. Are you kidding me? Gareth Bale in the 127th minute puts LAFC level and there might be a chance we get this to PKs. Could you have written a crazier Hollywood script up until this point? No, because it's Gareth Bale. It's the hero who was supposed to be the hero. Ilya Sanchez should get a lot of credit on this because he managed to find Cheeky Palacios on this play. Yes, you said it. Cheeky, the cross of a lifetime. And as Gareth Bale went in the air, he told Jack Elliott, hold my Bale Ale. And that's true. Gareth Bale <laughs> has his own beer line called Bale Ale. A gorgeous header. And for those, including myself, who are disappointed in how this signing turned out. I was there too. We are... Uh, the words, the emotions, everything that I scream to the heavens, he is worth every single penny, dime, nickel, George Washington, Ulysses S. Grant, Andrew Jackson, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln. I think Thomas Jefferson's a $2 bill. No, he is no on longer the $2 in circulation. Bill, yes. Ulysses S. Grant. $50 bill. There. Andrew Jackson, old Hickory himself. No, old, yeah, old Hickory himself. Soon, soon to be replaced, right? By Harriet Tubman on the 20th. Uh, yeah, but that hasn't happened yet. In yeah. fact, who actually carries cash? Unfreaking believable. And I got to say, a big thank you to Wales for producing this legend who has a knack for scoring in big time matches. Scarf. How do you say rock star? Seren Roch. And it's spelled S E R E N R O C. Seren Roch, baby. Get so you might actually Saren pronounce Rock that correctly. Bale. I'm just freaking hell yeah. Holy hell. Gareth Bale, who has been on a milk carton for the past couple of weeks. Worth every freaking penny. And I will gladly drink and eat my shoe. Drink out of and eat my shoe. How many Gareth Bale with a star on the top of the Crest jerseys are they going to sell? Oh, my God. By the way, Saren Rock, kind of disappointed there aren't like four consonants in a row. sounds like a vodka that Puff Daddy owns. (laughs) I mean, sure. Uh, (laughs) So we get to PKs. (laughs) And we're thinking, look, at the time, I honestly didn't remember that John McCarthy is a PK specialist. I don't think anybody did. I did. Okay. I didn't. (laughs) Well, I mean, I remember the Club America game. He'd guess well on, he'd guess right on every single play. I know, but man. I remember things contrary to my dumb and aloof behavior. John McCarthy against Andre Blake. Some might call it David versus Goliath. You have the reigning MLS keeper of the year, a guy who has won that award three times, a four-time all-star, a best 11 selection three times, as good as it gets. A, uh, a gold cup, golden gloves winner and best 11 selection. This guy Golden is not, gloves, he fights? Gold, gold, no. Golden, isn't that, isn't that what the, 
What's the, what? I think I'm right. I'm right. Anyway, what are you saying? He won the keeper of the tournament for the gold cup. Okay, that's what I was saying. But he doesn't box. He does not. I know we're on a time crunch. I'm going to just shut the front door. So I don't love Christian Teo so far for LAFC. I'm hoping he doesn't turn out to be another Andre Horta. But one of the things you guys heard me rail against Chicho Arango on earlier in the season are these soft little BS run-ups on these PKs. And by the way, we got it to PKs. So the first five from each team, Steve Trondolo chooses Christian Teo, who was an incredibly talented kid who had played through the La Masia system at Barcelona. God, did I hate that run-up by Christian Teo. It is a soft Easily telegraphed run-up. I knew he was going to his right. Andre Blake had already taken one step there anyway. And one of the softest, easiest saves ever. And I thought, how? How could a penalty kick get any worse? We fought this hard. We've come this far. And Christian Teo, the guy who's here for six minutes and has done absolutely nothing for this club. That's the guy who you want taking the first PK? How can it get any worse than that? And then Daniel Gazdog fell down during his PK attempt and all was right in the world. It looked like he caught his cleat, slipped a little bit, skies the <laughs> ball, almost hits our good friend Chiquilin in the 3252. <sighs> Gazdog was god awful. It was I, awful. And there's something. All right, this is going to be the last time. Uh-oh. And I am not pandering Uh-oh. to a panda because. He might be. No, nah, honestly, she doesn't even listen to the podcast. It's, it, 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 it's <laughs> funny. Not, she expects wrong. us to listen to their podcast, yet she doesn't listen to ours. No hatred here. But I will say this, another thing that I will give her credit for. Yes. Um, we love him to death. We miss him dearly. He is the emotional spirit in Bank of California Stadium. What Amanda said brought a tear to my eye. She, uh, she made the comment that Mo, Forza Mo, Mo Fascio was there to trip up Gazdag. <laughs> and, I, and I heard that and I thought, you know, that's actually kind of beautiful, and 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 I'm gonna and I'm gonna accept that. Yeah, one can only hope it's true. Well, we'll never freaking know it's true. I mean, these are spiritual claims. But at the end of the day, the second leading score in major, or yeah, the the tied for second leading score in major league soccer to biff that badly, that's divine intervention, my man. This is a guy well, who even scored earlier on in the game. We could say fine, yeah. he might have slipped on a spike or tripped on a sprinkler. I am going to go the spiritual route and agree with my wife and say, Mo, and you know what? Schmitty McMittens pawed at him and tripped him up. And and one of the things that I really liked, too, is that I didn't think we were putting our best weapon first where you knew Philadelphia was putting their best weapon first. So that had to have them think twice about what was going to go on for the rest of the PKs. Denny Bawanga hammers it home. And in a, in a, by the way, Andre Blake guessed correctly, but where Denny Bawanga put it, top bins smashed in that left it. side just smashed that ball to the Andre Blake's right. Blake dove to the right side, but it did not matter. An absolute smash by number 99. And then diving to his right for a save. J. Mac Daddy, John McCarthy. On Jose 
Martinez, the player that was giving everybody the crying celebration after Jack Elliott scores the goal in stoppage time, is now the one doing the crying himself. Jose Martinez, the thorn in our side. I described him as the Dennis Rodman of Philadelphia Union. That's too much of a compliment. The player that you love to have on your team, but you absolutely hate going up against him because of who he is and what he does. Great job by John McCarthy to shut Jose Martinez up. And just like that, if everybody just makes their shots moving forward, Philly, LAFC is MLS Cup champ, so let's move on to the next one, baby. Oh, my God. I uh, McCarthyism is a thing that derives oh, negative oh, connotations. Oh, so we're just going to say he got mccarthy Okay. That's fair. That's fair. So Martinez gets mccarthy Ryan Hollingshead, with that glorious mustache of his, smashes it. And this time, Blake didn't stand a chance because he, he went the exact opposite way. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got one of the leading assist people in Major League Soccer in that of Kai Wagner. And once again, a if you thought the McCarthy save on Martinez was glorious... Then the one on freaking Kai Wagner was even more glorious. Way better, way better of a save. Kai Wagner, Martinez, Philadelphia Union, you got mother mm, McCarthy. It was unbelievable. That was a great save. And that sets up one of the most important and underrated signings in LAFC history. And I'm talking about Ilya Sanchez. There was so much press given to Chiellini. To Bale, to Kellen Acosta, to Christian Teo. But the most important signing of our team was Ilya Sanchez. What Sporting Kansas City saw as I, we can no longer use this guy, he turned out to come up in the biggest game in club history. If Peter Vermees in Sporting Kansas City thought he was junk, he was certainly a treasure for us. I know Ilya loved his time in Sporting Kansas City, but he will forever be stamped in the laurels of Major League Soccer as a champion and a winner with LAFC because he won a Supporter Shield and an MLS Cup in the same year. And I'll tell you, he'd take a shot. Andre Blake guessed right, but Ilya sealed the deal. Thank you, Sporting Kansas City. And what's funny is, in the postgame, when they were interviewing John McCarthy, John McCarthy was so in the zone that he had no idea that when (laughs) Ilya Sanchez scored the goal, that that was it. In fact, John McCarthy's words were, when Ilya Sanchez did that, he came up and run up to me. He scared the bleep out of me. Yep. Hilarious. So our boys... (laughs) Our boys win one of the most incredible games in our club's history, but one of the most incredible games in the history of Major League Soccer. The most bipolar game you could ever be a part of. And that works to like both sides. When you're, if you're a member of the Black and Gold, obviously you're taking the manic highs of it. If you're a Philadelphia Onion fan, you are taking the manic lows of it and you're crying and being salty and being stupid on Twitter saying, oh, we got beat by 27 designated players. No morons. You got beat by a a backup goalkeeper that y'all didn't appreciate and one and, and 10 men. That's what y'all got beat by. Congratulations on the great season that you had. Congratulations on the roster that Ernst Tanner put together and Jim Curtin coached and developed. I have the utmost respect 
for the Philadelphia Union team. I have absolutely no respect for the Philadelphia Onion fans that came to Bank of California Stadium. Every single Philadelphia Onion fan that I came across was an absolute piece of trash. To inbred Jeb, who gave us the middle finger in the morning, to the jerk-off who, who told me L.A. sucks while I was filming and minding my own business. Look, defenders, I tried really hard to be nice and cordial. But, you know, they pretty much sealed the deal on their fate. And also the admin of the Philadelphia Union Twitter account who said that we aren't classy. How dare you? You obviously don't know the history and the, and the characteristics of Philadelphia sports fans. And I also want to say you jinxed your team, you stupid moron, by saying that Jack Elliott is greater than Gareth Bale. Sure, Jack Elliott played a lot longer. Sure, Jack Elliott scored two goals. But in the short period of time that Gareth Bale scored, he absolutely devastated you. And you know what? I feel no sympathy, none whatsoever for those Onion fans that were at the bank. I feel the sympathy for the Union supporters that were classy and weren't as trashy as the people that came to Bank of California Stadium. But, yo, unbelievable game, Scarf. We... Came into this game the best in the West, and we officially solidified ourselves as the best in MLS. Major League Soccer is now black and gold, and for all of you haters out there, enjoy it. We are now drinking your your salty tears in, in happiness and in um, jubilation. It's uh, I, I, now, I, now I can't believe it. Now it's starting to hit me. And we're about 40, 57 minutes out from the celebration, by the way. Yeah, we, we, we got to get going at some point. That's for sure. Look. Screw what, the onions. What? That's Philly and I are a little different in our take on the Philadelphia Union club, franchise supporters, whatever. I'm good with the club, Scott. I'm good with the players. I'm oh, good with the technical staff. Hey. Although I did make the Undertaker, I'll slit your throat references you did. to them. You did. But I don't have a problem with them. It's those POS supporters. Sure. No, supporters are classy. It's those POS fans that we encountered at Bank of California Stadium. But, Disgusting but you, human beings, and they have the nerve to say that about us. But you, <laughs> we, so you mentioned, though, uh, yes. the typical Philadelphia sports fan, right? These guys booed Santa Claus. In the 1980s. Look it up. Yeah, that was at, a long at time an, At an Eagles game, I think, right? They booed Santa Claus. This is a... No, they don't boo Santa Claus. They put batteries and snowballs and threw it at him. They also... But they booed Santa Claus while they were doing it. Santa. Santa. Even Ben Skolnick, our birthday buddy here, loves Santa. Come on. I'll say this. When you expect the least and you get it, you can't be disappointed. So coming into this, that's kind of what I expected. I'll tell you this. Those god-awful baby blue uniforms of theirs, that Artisano on the front, I hate that uniform. I think that is a gross circus-looking uniform that I just, I can't stand that uniform. No, it, no, no, no. It's fitting but, for a bunch of clowns. But from here on out, I'm going to love that uniform every single time I see it because I know no self-respecting Philadelphia Union supporter will ever want to wear that uniform again, that kit again, because that is the kit that they lost MLS Cup in. That is the kit that they could have put their first star on their jersey while wearing, but unfortunately, no, the black and gold led by John McCarthy. And I'll say it again because I still didn't believe it was right when it was CNN on my phone, not ESPN, crappy news network, not athletic, not the athletic, but it was CNN on my phone that first showed Gareth Bale signs with Los Angeles football club. I looked at it and I went, Tommy scoops with I, that. I, you know, we haven't done this in a while, Philly. But when I looked at my phone, I went, wait, 
What? What? Ooh, nice tie-in. Right? Bravo. Gareth Bale. John McCarthy. Cheeky Palacios with the incredible pass. Cheeky, don't leave us. We're going to have to do a whole Philly... Here's what you and I are going to do in the offseason. This is episode 225 of the most LAFC podcast on earth. Before we get to the regular season, Philly, and dare I say even before Champions League, Philly, which the draw is this week. We're going to do an episode on that. Yeah, no, we should. We need to do a Cheeky Palacios appreciation pod in the hopes that it will keep Cheeky Palacios with LAFC. Now, I don't think he should stay with LAFC, but there's more to talk about on that later on. I think he should go to Europe. I think he should do what's best for himself, like Edward Atuesta, like Diego Rossi. And like, obviously, Brian Rodriguez is doing, he's not going to Europe, obviously, he went to Club America, but to move on to different pastures, maybe not bigger and better. But we... I do want to say something, and obviously we're being rushed out by our significant others because they want to make to the celebration, and as do we. I know I said some stuff about the Philadelphia Union fans that were POSs at Bank of California Stadium, but I want to say really quickly to the idiots that were throwing stuff on the field, while at the time I didn't mind it so much because I was just as angry as you were, please, for the love of God, refrain from the fact that you think you are so much better than the people that are on the field. Do not throw things. Where is this entitled holier than thou thing? Half of y'all probably can't even see your feet. And I don't mean any disrespect by that, but don't you dare throw things at players on the pitch that are just doing their job. That shows the disgusting side of our fan base. Our supporters are wonderful and they do great things in and out of the community. For you idiots that are throwing stuff on the field, that shows nothing but disrespect for our club, our ideals, and everything that we stand for. You're not doing us any favors. Yes, we are. Just as angry as you are. I totally get it. But control your emotions. Throwing things on the field and at players is by no means commendable or respectable. And I don't give a crap if you listen to this podcast and you think I'm being a jerk for calling you out. You're an idiot if you think that you should be throwing anything at Daniel Gostog or Martinez or anybody we hate. Don't flipping do it because you're only casting a gross shadow on things, on something that so many people have worked so hard and put so much blood, sweat, and tears to build up into something beautiful. You are only tearing down the fabric of what we are and what LAFC is. Don't be a flipping freaking idiot. Do not do that. Do not freaking do that. Yeah, stop throwing things. Yeah, stop throwing things. Jesus. Come on, guys. Uh, With that being said... (sighs) And that was your final rant of the regular of the season with Philly. We, uh, it is 3.08 PM here at Burbank, California, beautiful Philly monster studios. The gates open at three 30. The celebration starts at four o'clock and we are going to be part of the millions and millions who will be down at Christmas tree lane bank of California stadium in just about an hour. We will have one more episode recapping everything in the season. We'll talk about a lot of fun stuff. And then, look, in the offseason, everybody, we're going to talk about moves that LAFC is going to have to make with some injuries, obviously, with some holes on the roster, with some loans, with some all kinds of stuff that is going to be going on with LAFC. That being said, you guys, it, uh, it's the end of the season, and we get to raise MLS Cup. Are you kidding me? LAFC is the 2022 Major League Soccer Cup champion winners for the very first time. It is absolutely unbelievable to say, Philly, that we now have to spend more money on jerseys because we have to that buy one with a beautiful star over Scarf the Scarf, your first tattoo. 
No, no, it's not going to be. I, my first tattoo is going to be my grandmother's signature. But and then and then I'm, a tattoo of Philly on your, close, on your heart. I am plate. close to getting that one tattoo of Philly on my heart. P H I L L Y Philly right on my heart. Uh, that being said, you guys, this was the most fun episode that I think we've ever done because this is the one that gets to gets to uh, end with us saying. Without a shadow of a doubt, at the end of the season, with a cup and a star to prove it, Philly, we are the best in the West and the best in MLS and arguably one of the greatest teams that Major League Soccer has ever seen. To all you haters and doubters out there, go jump off of a bridge. MLS is black and golden. For the rest of y'all, suck it. Don't really jump off a bridge, but you know how we like to end all of our podcasts. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.